Grace to you and peace from God our Father, our crucified, risen, and ascended Savior, Jesus Christ, and the blessed Holy Spirit, whose coming we celebrate today at Pentecost. The message for today rises up out of that scripture reading, the account of the sending of the Holy Spirit from Acts chapter 2. Do you remember the last time you found yourself amazed or astonished? It happens, right? For me, it happened last evening after the Saturday evening service was over and uh, my wife picked me up and she had the radio on and said, do you, do you know what's happened in England? And I hadn't heard. And so I learned about that very quickly, uh, about the attacks which took place in London. Um, amazed and astonished and I had other emotions I was feeling you probably did as well and so our hearts go out to uh, the people of England um, having had this happen uh, so close on the heels of uh, the attack which took place in, in Manchester as well and so it is a different kind of being amazed a different feeling of being astonished that we hear about today on Pentecost. Those people in Jerusalem on that first Pentecost were feeling that very much so as they heard disciples speaking in all of these different languages, their languages. How many of you have traveled overseas to a different country where English was not the primary language and you're walking along and all of a sudden you hear snatches of your language. We, we sit up and take notice of that, don't we? We surely do. We want to know maybe where they're from. And so uh, connections are made. All of these were told devout men from every nation under heaven were hearing their mother tongue being spoken. And so with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, language barriers that had separated people, that had divided people, were giving way to one common overarching purpose. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And that is what we celebrate today on this 50th and final day of the Easter season the festival of Pentecost. We celebrate and we rejoice in the presence and the power and the peace of this Holy Spirit by whom we both hear and speak the mighty works of God made known in Jesus Christ. The message for today then is entitled Amazed and Astonished. May the Lord's rich and abundant blessing rest upon the preaching and the hearing and the living of his word for Jesus' sake. Pentecost really is the fulfillment of what Moses' hope and prayer was that we heard at the close of that first scripture reading from Numbers chapter 11, read just uh, uh, earlier in the service. A little bit of background and context. After those 70 elders had all assembled with Moses in the tent of meeting, two of them were AWOL, right? Eldad and Medad. They weren't where they were supposed to be 
But yet, by the grace of God, they received that promised Holy Spirit. And that's where this bit of a kerfuffle happens, right? Because it wasn't following the regulations and it wasn't according to plan. And some folks, as we all know, they can get really amazed and astonished when something doesn't follow all of the rules and all of the regulations. Joshua, who would become Moses' successor in leading God's people, was one such person. And he said, my Lord Moses, stop them. You got to do something, Moses. Rein this in. Curb it so that things don't blow up out of control. There is this kind of being amazed and being astonished as tension and anxiety levels are on the rise as things seem out of order. But I love Moses' response. You heard it too. Are you jealous for my sake? Would that all the Lord's people were prophets, that the Lord would put his spirit on them. And that's exactly what happened on the day of Pentecost. That same spirit was poured out on God's people, equipping them to tell the mighty works of God to people everywhere in all languages. And that same spirit is what was poured out just now upon these two young boys, upon Ward and Badir. That same spirit has been poured out upon you and upon me in the cleansing waters of holy baptism, in the bread and wine which conveyed to us the body and blood of Jesus in the Lord's Supper, in the preaching and teaching and study of God's word, that spirit comes to us because we cannot by our own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ our Lord or come to him, the Holy Spirit has come to us. And that Spirit has called us by the gospel, enlightened us with his gifts, sanctified and kept us in this one true faith. As Luther writes in his explanation of the third article of the Creed. So when we find ourselves amazed or astonished some word of explanation is needed to unpack what has happened so we can understand what's taken place. There were people of goodwill whose hearts were sincere on that first Pentecost, who wanted to know more, who wanted that word of explanation and desired it, but not everybody. There were some cynical folks there too you heard what they said. Huh. They're filled with new wine. There are still naysayers who will seek to put a negative spin on the mighty works of God. They will sarcastically scoff at what the Spirit is accomplishing among Christ's people, potentially leading others down a pathway toward doubt and disbelief. And it is then that the Spirit moves among the people of Christ, raising up someone 
to offer that word of explanation that's rooted not in disbelief, not in doubt, but in confident faith and in joyful hope. Peter was that person on the first Pentecost. And led by the Spirit, he testifies that what had just occurred was not some drunken babbling. It was a direct fulfillment of God's promise through the prophet Joel. I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh, and it shall come to pass that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord. Not just a select few, not just people who look like us or talk like us, not those who meet our criteria or standards, but everyone who calls on the name of the Lord. You see, Pentecost manifests the wideness, the fullness of God's desire that all peoples and nations and tribes and languages come to the saving knowledge and the truth of salvation in Jesus Christ. So if this is God's clear desire, who are we to put up any kind of roadblock, any obstacle, any hindrance or impediment to anyone who wants to know who Jesus is? If anything, we ought to be amazed and astonished that God's grace and mercy extends even to us, we who are but dust and ashes, we who are poor sinful beings. And being thankful then that God's salvation in Jesus Christ really does extend to us all, to all sinners, we're then equipped by that Spirit to always be ready, to stand up, to say by the power of the Holy Spirit in that moment to say what needs to be said. Like Peter on that first Pentecost, always being ready to give testimony to the hope that is within us, doing that with gentleness and respect. You know, sometimes in life, maybe oftentimes in life, we make things harder than they have to be. Yeah, would you agree with that? <laughs> I think it is true, and I think it's definitely true when it comes to the person and work of the Holy Spirit. As Lutheran Christians, hey, we are far more comfortable in the second article of the Apostles' Creed, which focuses on the person and work of Jesus Christ. That is our comfort zone. So when we get to the third article of the Creed, the Holy Spirit, and we hear about tongues of fire and speaking in other languages, well, mild-mannered Lutherans tend to get a little bit nervous about all that. But the truth is this. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is to lead us and point us and take us to Jesus. 
taking us to Jesus and all that he has done for us through his humble birth in Bethlehem, through his life of ministry and service, through his innocent suffering and death upon the cross, through his glorious resurrection from the dead and ascension into heaven, it's through what Jesus has done that we have received forgiveness of sins and life and salvation. If we're only ever in a state of being amazed and astonished, and it doesn't translate into faith and trust, something's missing and incomplete there. The Holy Spirit still has work to do in that particular instance, because at the end of the day, it is the Holy Spirit who will convict us of sin who will lead us to repentance, who will work in our hearts that saving faith and trust in Jesus. And my friends, this is why that word of explanation, like Peter did in that first Pentecost, is really so necessary and important so that people who do find themselves amazed or astonished don't have to remain in that state of uncertainty. And that's where you and I come in as we join Jesus on his mission in daily life. As we get to know people in our neighborhoods, in our places of work where we stop for coffee or where we work out, we may find that there are people there, folks who for a variety of reasons are amazed or astonished at things going on in their lives. They're struggling to figure all of this out. And you and I may be the very ones whom God has called to that situation as he did with Peter at Pentecost to speak that word of explanation and help connect the dots, the dots of faith for them. As we live out those five mission practices of seeking the kingdom, and intentionally looking at how God is at work in my life and in the lives of others around me as we seek the kingdom, as we hear from Jesus in his word, as we talk to and listen to people, as we ask what good we can do around here, as we minister through prayer, it's the Holy Spirit who's leading and guiding and strengthening and encouraging all of this, opening those doors of opportunity. On this day of Pentecost, as well as every day, may we never cease to be amazed and astonished at how the Holy Spirit is working in our lives and in the world. And may that being amazed and being astonished be coupled together with being grateful and joyful at what the Spirit is doing here and throughout all the world in the body of Christ.
And so we pray, come Holy Spirit, come. Fill the hearts of your faithful people with the fire of your love. Amen.